Hello there, welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manny G. We're talking about Bellator 292, Namagamedov versus Henderson. We're giving you a abbreviated version of this breakdown. And I have to tell you, first of all, before I get into this breakdown, I'll be using sunglasses at some point because my eyes are just exhausted. We've had a long few days here, a lot of recording, several interviews, a few different car breakdowns, the bright lights in the studio, the multiple screens. It just gets to me. So at some point when the shades come on, it's not a like I'm trying to be too cool for school move. It's just strictly my eyes are exhausted. I have to have the shades on just to be the look at these screens and get through. All that said, guys, Bellator 292, this is going to be a partial card breakdown. We'll do the full main card for you. All four fights in the main card we'll cover. But for the premium card, some fights we're just skipping over. We're going to do four fights, some fights we think you might like, some spots we think could be very good from parlay perspective. All that said, guys, let's jump into it, guys. Here we go. All right, first fight in the prelim card we're going to talk about is going to be a featherweight bout, 145 pounders, Liard Anderson versus Rogelio Luna. Now, currently, Anderson's lined at like a minus 550 favorite. Yeah, big time favorite. So this is strictly a parlay piece. But here's our thinking on this fight. These guys are not evenly matched. Liard Anderson has actually fought some decent competition, has been very dominant. This guy Luna coming in, out for about a year, he fought last time in April, so it'll be roughly about 11 months or so, has fought very low of competition. This is lined appropriately, barring some kind of a disaster by Anderson, he really should win the fight. At minus 550, again, very juicy, that's our threshold, we don't like to take anything above minus 500, but quite frankly, if you want to throw a piece into your parlay where you're going to have a, some level of confidence and you get the confidence early on, take a stab here. This guy, now not to mention his 3-0 start, he's done some grappling, he's got one, two, three, four, four grappling bouts under his belt, 2-2 two two as a grappler, had three mixed martial arts fights as an amateur, went 3-0, had all finishes, very strong, he reminds me a little bit of like Wellington Terman, where he's like very thick, very bulky, very strong, good in the clinch, but also has some serious power, so very well-rounded, probably rolls through the opponent here, Rogelio uh, uh, Luna, who it looks like Luna's the setup fighter here to get the win. All that said, at minus 550, you don't want to overexpose yourself. Throw him into one parlay, have some fun with it. It's a way to get some skin in the game early in the card. So again, Liard, Leonard, Liard, excuse me, Anderson to win the fight. We're gonna say within two rounds. At some point within two rounds, it could be submission or a KO. The guy's got a variety of different ways to finish his opponents. He's much stronger, probably gets the fight to the ground and grinds on his opponent here. So again, Liard Anderson, minus 550, it's a parlay piece. We're taking him there. Let's move on. Moving up the card, next one's going to be a middleweight bout. 185 pounders, Khalid Mertzalaviev. Oh my gosh, tough last name. Mertzalaviev versus Tony Johnson. Now, Khalid's lined at minus 300. You got Tony Johnson at plus 240. There are some obvious red flags on the side of Tony Johnson, and quite frankly, this might be one of the most confident parlay pieces in the entire card. Take Khalid, put him into your parlay, trust us, thank us later on here. My man Johnson's 40 years old. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. He looks good for his age on his Tapaji photo. He's 39 years old in 10 months. He's about to be 40 years old, okay? He's fought low, low-level competition. And a matter of fact, I believe he's also coming off of about let me see his layoff here, because kind of offhand, I thought I remembered he had a long layoff. Last time that my man fought was in 2021. Look at that. So two-year layoff, about to be 40, out of a good gym, aka, you do like that. 9-3 record, okay, has fought some decent competition. Those things you do like. 
But Khalid's been more active, has fought better competition. He's more balanced. He's 29. That's about a decade younger. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty easy breakdown, guys. Give me Khalid. Put him into the parlays. If I could do any critiquing of Khalid, it's just simply that he doesn't have amazing finishing ability. You would hate for this fight to get like into a round two and a half or three. There's a knee or a cut. It gets greasy, gets close. Next thing you know, Tony Johnson's on the gear. He's got some extra juice in him, which doesn't matter because if you're on the steroids and you win the fight and you, you pass test positive later on, you still lose a ticket. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, 40-year-old fighters who are off of almost two-year layoffs, they're not very successful, even though he's out of AKA. Honestly, for Tony Johnson, he should be very fortunate with his record of only 9-3 to get this fight. And for Khalid, if he doesn't put this guy away, that's a loss in some ways. He needs to step up. He needs to meet his potential. At 29 years old, he looks like he's older in his profile picture. He acts like he's older. He needs to put it all together. Looking at his profile, actually last few fights, a lot of decision wins, right? Last fight, got a round two finish. Okay. Prior fight, lost by decision. Prior fight, won by decision. Before that, somebody had a retirement in the fight. You know, like lacking the ability to just take it and put it all together. But we think in this fight, it doesn't matter. Even a subpar version of Khalid is going to be better than a 40-year-old version of Tony Johnson. So give me some Khalid at minus 300. In terms of the fight, how it ends, if Khalid fucks up, messes around, it goes full distance. If he applies himself, he takes it to the ground, grind him out, get a finish. That's what he should do. But we're thinking Khalid is going to underperform for some reason. I think he underperforms. <coughs> Excuse me. I think Tony Johnson has enough veteran savvy to make it closer than it should be. So we like Khalid to win. We'll play him as a parlay piece. But don't overdo it. Move up. Next fight. All right. Move up the card. Next one will be a featherweight bout, 145 pounders, Josh Hill versus Cass Bell. Before I dive into this breakdown, let me tell you this. My eyes have been bothering me all night long, so I have shades on my head. I'll be putting them on at some point because the bright lights of this studio, also the multiple screens, the interview's been up for like almost 18 hours. My eyes are exhausted, so I have to wear some shades from time to time just to sort of get through, so I apologize. On that note here, so Josh Hill at minus 450 versus Cass Bell at plus 325. This fight could be lined at like minus 1,000 for Josh Hill. Not kidding you. This Cass Bell guy, he's not awful. He is 6-2 for a reason. He's obviously beaten a few people. But man, he doesn't have anywhere near the potential as a guy like Josh Hill. The strength... Uh, the durability, I mean, everywhere Josh Hill is better than Cass Bell. On top of that, Cass Bell is reckless. Like, he fights reckless. Now, you like that because he gets a few finishes. He makes fights that shouldn't be fights in two fights. I like that about him. He's got a bit of an entertainment factor to him. But let's be real here. Josh Hill is 21-5. Cass Bell is 6-2. They're both the same age. Both getting a bit old. I will say that about Josh Hill. For him, in Bellator, it's the proverbial now or never. Nice record. He's from Canada. You know, got a nice clean background. Not tattooed. He's like humble pie. You like the dude. But needs to put the, you know, the pedal to the metal. Needs to get going here. But we like him to win the fight. And quite frankly, at minus 450, it's a parlay piece 
Like, give it, just give it to me. Put it into a parlay or two. Don't overdo it. We're still talking about a guy in Caspell who is a bit reckless, reckless to the point where he'll find a submission sometimes. He'll he'll find himself in a fight where he shouldn't be in. He's that kind of guy. But when it comes to the basics, Josh Hill fundamentally is a much better fighter, way better of a wrestler, has more of an average height. You know, he's the five six guy in this division. You got a five ten Caspell. Caspell at 5'10 is not a 5'10 big and strong and thick 5'10. He's just a lanky guy who, if Josh Hill, the gentleman, wants to take him down and control him, should be able to do that with ease. So even if Caspell has a moment, if Josh Hill uses good survival skills, uses a takedown or two, can easily win this fight. So Josh Hill, the gentleman, all day, every day over Caspell, the mean green fighting machine. Let's move on. Okay, next fight, Bantamweight bout. 135-pounders, Enrique Barzola versus Eric Perez. Now, Barzola been around for a little bit. Good experience, 18-7-2 overall. We like him in the fight here by decision. These guys are smaller guys. Again, 135-pounders. For Perez, the big question mark for him is last fight was 2021. He did a grappling bout in 2021, also a mixed martial arts fight. Hasn't fought since then. Had a canceled bout in 2022. So just a lot of question marks for Barzola. Been much more busy, much more active. Now, the question mark to Barzola is this. His fights tend to go to decision. And so when that goes to decision, it's like anyone's ball game, judges, and so on and so on. So you don't love that. But good activity in the feet, good grappling, nice build. Overall, he's your prototypical weight. He has the size, the speed, all those things. And in this case, also has the better strength of schedule. They're both 33, so age is not a factor. For Eric Perez, the big question mark with him is not just a layoff, but quality of competition. He's going to be taller by an inch. He'll have about a two-inch disadvantage in the reach because Barcelo's built like a monkey, long arms. But Barcelo is a stand-up guy who needs to work his jab, needs to stay busy, and needs to do enough to overwhelm his opponent to win by far in the scorecards because the problem becomes with him is as a favorite at minus 275, you want him to look like a minus 275 favorite. You want him to look like he's winning the fight. His fight's going to get close. Next thing you know, it's like, ah, oh, he's in my parlay. Yeah, so we like Enrique to win the fight. But as a parlay piece, yeah, be very cautious with cautionate with him. And also, at, on the main line at minus 275, you want no exposure to that. You're talking about 275 bucks to 100 bucks. Yeah, no, 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 not, not so good. So for Enrique Barzola, we like him to win the fight. Good gym, a.k.a. same age, more experience. Yeah, Barzola wins the fight probably by decision. Now, Barzola by decision. Where's that line at, by the way? I don't have that available to me. Let me look it up. Barzola by decision. Because I thought that line may not be available just yet. Give me a second here. Barzola, Barzola, where are you at, dude? Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. So that's not a... Oh, here we go. Barzola by decision is lined at minus 150. Wow. So not much of a return there because the market also knows that he's most likely to win by decision. That's our spot there, guys. Barzola by decision over Eric Perez, who long layoff and... So on and so on. Enrique's fought much better fighters, been more active. This should be an easy win for him. It should be hindsight afterwards. Like, oh, that was easy for him. He won the fight. But man, something about Enrique sometimes gives you the heebie-jeebies. You know what I'm saying? 
All right, let's move on. First fight, the main card can be a welterweight bout. 170 pounds, Michael Page from the United Kingdom versus Giotti Yamauchi, who's from Brazil. It's amazing. You hear these fighters like Agusso Sakai. That's that like Japanese slash Brazilian lineage. It's amazing, right? So Giotti Yamauchi looks Japanese. He is somewhat Japanese, but he hails from Brazil. We'll tell you right now, we like Michael Page to win the fight by decision. It should be a close match, one of the most anticipated fights on the entire card, and really, it should earn its value. These guys are so evenly matched. One time in the total fights between their both records, right? So, Giotti Amiuchi, his entire career, plus Michael Page's entire career, put it together, only one time have they been finishing a loss. So, guys are very durable, evenly matched. We should be seeing a great fight. Michael Page always puts on a show. So I'll save you guys the details of their numbers. You guys have access to Tapology. You can see who's got whatever record. Michael Page by decision, that's our prediction. It's surprising to think that Michael Page is actually six years older than Yamiuchi. When I saw that, I was like, I thought Giotti would be older. <laughs> so Page is 36, Yodi, or Giotti is 30. That is not significant. Michael Page is very athletic. But like two, three more years from now, you know, you have Giotti will be like approaching his prime at that point, and Michael Page will be moving out of his prime. So just putting it out there that Michael Page is on the edge of his athletic prime, very active, did some bare knuckle stuff recently, a bit marketable, smooth on the microphone, a guy that's easy to root for. All that said, these guys are still both in their proverbial primes, right? For Page, we feel like he's the more of the athletic guy. He's got a bit of pizzazz to him like the magic man just does things smoothly has that michael jordan-esque about him when i said michael jordan i mean like not like he's won six titles and i mean like the, the smoothness the tongue hanging out the swagger he's got that Giotti, maybe not as swaggerish as michael page but he's got that toughness durability good everywhere he's japanese but has jitsu like you know what i mean he's that guy who can Compete with you in every spot. Doesn't do anything amazing. Does everything pretty good. The line suggests this fight is not going to decision. But that's not how we see it. Again, their combined records, records, excuse me, 20 and 2, 28 and 5. If you put them both together, only one time have they been finished. So why would the line suggest someone gets finished? I'm not really sure why. But the fight going over two and a half rounds is plus 145. Give me some of that. Forget about who wins. Over two and a half rounds, two guys, very durable. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Is someone injured? Do the bookies know that there's an injury here? Because this to me seems obvious. The fight probably goes, I mean, over one and a half would also be decent probably when it comes out. It's not available just yet. But the over two and a half at plus 145. The fight goes a distance at plus 175. I mean, it's almost two to one odds. That covers you. Like, the fight goes to the scorecards. You're like, I don't care who wins. Plus 175, three rounds, Michael Page, Giotti Yamauchi. That makes sense. And then Michael Page, who's lined at minus 130 on the money line. I understand the people who are like, oh, no, he, he's got a knockout. L listen, he does have some power. He's smooth, smooth like butter. The, guy, the guy's a good fighter, no question. But his most likely path to victory in this type of matchup against a tough fighter is going to be via decision. So plus 250, 
You got the balls to parlay him somewhere, parlay him at plus 250, and that'll up that parlay. We're just playing straight up because plus 250 is pretty good odds. So we like Michael Page to win the fight by decision. He's lined at minus 130. Yodi's at plus 105. The line is perfect. Whoever you like, you're enjoying the line price. It's pretty much a pick em, equal money. But ultimately, Michael Page is the more athletic guy. He does have some advantages there. And I think even winning the fight, let's say from this perspective, from an entertainment standpoint, he lands the few high-flying strikes that just get the ooh and the ah and the spinning nonsense, just whatever it might be. Whereas Yamauchi, good fighter, but doesn't have that pizzazz. And this comes down to what? This is not amateur boxing. This is not you know kids wrestling in middle school. This is professional sports, professional entertainment. And so the Michael Page factor could be just enough to eke out a close decision. The split props are not available to us, so I don't know what they are, but that could be how it ends. We're on Michael Page to win the fight. First fight, the main card. That's our call. Let's move on. All right, keeping it moving up the main card, we have a heavyweight clash. 265 pounders. Linton Vassell, a name you might recognize, been around for a little bit, has fought in Bellator and some other promotions, versus Mal- Valentin Moldovsky. Moldovsky's a Russian who has a lot of talent, tons of potential, but hasn't quite met his potential. He's been that kind of fighter. For Linton Vassell at the United Kingdom, impressive record, 23 at 8, has fought some good fighters. Is a bit of a smaller heavyweight. I mean, you can even see in his profile picture on Tapology, he's a guy who's a little bit leaner, probably could make light heavyweight. But the reality is the heavyweight division in pretty much all these top promotions, that's UFC, that's Bellator, wherever you go. I mean, PFL had guys out there like 225, 226 fighting this year as part of their PFL challenger series to make the heavyweight division. So it's hard to find natural 265 pounders. And in the case of Litton Vassell, he's not quite a natural heavyweight. Good speed, good volume, good athleticism, good experience, but we have our concerns. We're going to skip over the details. You guys know what the records are. You guys have that information. Let's jump into our breakdown here. So heavyweight division, Valentin Moldowski sitting at minus 300. You got Glenn Maselli on the other side at plus 250. For Moldowski, we like him by decision to win this fight. And yeah, that's not uh, very impressive when you think about the fact that it's a heavyweight fight. You'd think at some point these two big guys would knock each other out, but that's not their fighting style. And in the case of Moldowski, one of our biggest critiques of him is that he's too patient, doesn't push the pace, and doesn't look for finishes, right? This will be a rematch, just putting it out there. So both guys fought before. In the original fight, Moldowski won by a boring decision, got some takedowns, got some position control, landed a few good strikes in the ground. Duffy slowed down at the end of the fight. His takedowns were effective. He's the bigger guy. He's more of the natural heavyweight. He's slightly shorter, but more of a bowling ball, well-balanced, good proportion in terms of of weight. But he's the more natural guy who's heavy. If the fight goes to the ground, it's just hard for Litton. You know, Litton can get back up, and he did get back back up in that fight, but it's tough for him. Now, Modalski lost by decision against Bader, whereas Bader finished... Vassell. So again, that's MMA math for you, which is never dependable, but they both fought Bader and Vassell lost by getting finished by Bader, whereas Bader and Moldovsky went to a decision. As for that fight, though, that fight was a glaring, like, huge issue there. When you're looking at Moldovsky, he lost that fight because of a lack of, I don't know, just like cojones. It, it gives off the vibes of like Cyril Gaon. 
that lack of heart, lack of wanting to win, uh, you know, not wanting to push forward. It was a bad performance. I mean, look, Ryan Bader, we give him his roses, pretty good fighter. But shit, in that fight, Ryan Bader was just a smarter guy, you know, just being more tactical, more volume. And Valentin Moldovsky is sometimes just doesn't have a sense of urgency. We talked about this with the J.J. Aldrich breakdown. J.J. Aldrich is fighting this week in UFC versus Ariel Lipsky. And we're going with Lipsky, not because Lipsky is way better or has given us any sign in recent fights that she's, you know, the qualified better fighter. We've seen what she's done recently. It's just the idea. How can you back fighters that are not aggressive, don't want to push forward? He's got the physical attributes. There's no question about that. But it's up here with Moldowski. Does he have the mental fortitude, determination, the want to? Now, he had a fight last year that was a no contest with Steve Mowry, an eye poke or something. That was the fight after the fight where he lost last against Bader. So been a bit of a weird off season for him. Is he in the gym training hard? I don't know. I'm not his friend. I haven't interviewed him. A lot of questions here for him. At minus 300, way risky. You're talking 300, and bo 300 bones excuse me, to win 100 bucks. That's not a good investment. <laughs> if you bet that way at mixed martial arts, you are bound to lose your money. So from that perspective, he becomes a parlay piece. You have to now identify him as a potential parlay piece. And are you that confident that this is a guy with cardio issues, a guy who doesn't push the pace, a guy who's unfulfilling his potential? Are you going to back him? Yeah, that, that's a big issue. So we're going to play him. We'll have some involvement with him, but our exposure will be very limited. And I advise you to do the same. Do not overexpose yourself to Valentin Moldovsky this weekend. He'll become a popular par like you'll see people parlaying him across other sports, UFC, so on and so on. And the problem becomes is he he's nowhere near a slam dunk. He should be lined here minus two ten. For real. Minus two ten. Like that's where he should be. He's minus three hundred because he's got the Ofsky, Moldovsky, eleven and two. You know, the, the Russian flag. People just get blinded. The books just bump these guys up. People pour in the money. Saeed Demogamedov is fighting this weekend against Jonathan Martinez. The buddy's pouring in on Saeed. The guy has, what, half a takedown per round, per fight. He doesn't wrestle. Like, Demogamedov, they, they think he's related to Khabib. Same thing here. Moldovsky getting the rub on the line. That concerns us. That all concerns us. But here's just the like the the facts though. Here's some facts. Be besides our like interpretation, Valentin is 31, Linton is 39. That's almost a decade difference. That's bound to rear its ugly head in round two and a half, round three. Even though Moldowski doesn't have great cardio, can he do just enough? Get the takedown, laying on top, be in in control. We think so. You know, even. An average Moldovsky should be able to beat Litton Vassell at his best at 39. And it might just be that way. We might just see the average Moldovsky, super duper close fight, fucking sweating your ass off. You got Moldovsky in a ticket and you're like, this fucking guy, <laughs> you know, th this, fu this fucking guy doesn't want to fight. And 
it's aggravating because he's got the skills, got the potential. All right, let me get off this. Anyway, the betting spots we like the most for this fight are the over two and a half rounds at minus 165. That's, that's a great spot, guys. Lynn Vassell, Moldovsky, not big finishers. I don't have the numbers for you offhand, but look at their topology. Not big time finishers. Over two and a half. If you just say, hell with everything else, just play that spot, you're probably best off. Because playing a side here, yeah, now, now you're dipping your toe in the fire. Fight goes to decision at minus 120. Like that too, that's even better than minus 165. But look, minus 165 for over two and a half rounds, don't be, don't be greedy. Good spot. And then Moldovsky by decision at plus 125. That's your play for Moldovsky. You know, this is going to sound crazy advice, but just hear me out for a second. Don't parlay Moldovsky at minus 300. Don't do it. Don't. When he loses by a split or some shit like that, you're going to be like, oh, what was I thinking? Parlay Moldovsky by decision at plus 125. Then look at your parlay. You've reduced your, your bet because, oh, the return is better. The odds are better. He ain't finishing nobody. He ain't finishing nobody. He ain't going to finish for sale who's slimy enough, enough of a veteran. Anyway, you got the play here, guys. I like Moldovsky to win the fight by a decision. Very boring fight. And we move on. All right, so the co-main event's going to be the first of the two lightweight bouts that are part of the lightweight uh, Grand Prix tournament. So it'll be Alexander Shabley versus Tofik. Usayev, and then the main event will be Usman Magomedov versus Benson Henderson. So these four fighters are fighting for a chance to move on and qualify. Very much like the PFL regular season tournament. That's how the Grand Prix tournament works here for Bellator. And this year they've chose to go with the lightweight division, which is a jam-packed division, a ton of fighters. So these four fighters on this car, but like the next Bellator car will have another few fighters. You, you get the drift over the course of about a year before they find themselves into the finale where a champion will be crowned so for this fight man amazing setup my only issue is like they're so evenly matched i would have liked for them to draw a different first opponent in their first round of this grand prix tournament because they are so evenly matched and they have both so much to offer the reasons why we're going to go with shibley or shabley alexander they're not like confident reasons they're not reasons where like oh slam dunk he's much better to be quite honest, again, they're very evenly matched. Now, we like Alexander Shelby to win the fight by decision. That's plus 225. He's currently lined at minus 145 on the money line. That makes sense. You got Tofik at plus 120. They're just so evenly matched. If you want to, like, peel back layers and, and, and split hairs, there's, like, very, like, mere simple little advantages on both sides, but a small advantages. I mean, not simple, small advantages. And then when it comes to age... You sort of want to go with Shabley because he's a tiny bit younger, but listen, man, it, we're splitting hairs here. In any case here, this fight's very closely matched. Both fighters are balanced, very strong in the same areas. We're going to edge Shabley because he's a younger prospect, appears to be a slight bit faster on film, just faster, spry, better cardio, looks more full of life at the, at the end of his uh, bout. And then if we're talking about it from an investment standpoint, if we're doing Bellator investments into fighters, his shelf life is a little bit longer, right? His carbon dating, a little bit younger than his opponent here, Tofik Musayev. So from that standpoint, we do like Shabby, uh, but it's ever so slight, you know what I mean? I would say this to you guys. For the DJs out there who feel like I have to bet every single fight, I want a piece of it, I want to make sure I got some action here, 
I would really implore you to to put your cheddar aside. Do not risk too much of the honey. Sometimes, you know, they say no money, no honey, like no money, no money, period. So don't expose yourself here to too much because this fight very well could go either way. It's lined appropriately. It is more or less a pick em. You're talking about factors such as weight cut, um, issues in their personal life, um, the last few days of, of hours and, and time and, and acclimation to the chime, time page. Those could be the factors that decide this fight. And how can you know that? What, what, where do you put that in your notes? Fighter ate some food, didn't feel comfortable. Um, and that was the difference maker because it's that evenly matched. So the reality is here, if you want to bet on Tofik because it's plus money, you just want to get a better return, I got you. He is slightly older. He's got the same skill set. Alexander Shabley seems to have a little more speed. We're going with Shabby win the fight. For the betting spots, we'd like the most for this fight are the over three and a half rounds. So both these last two fights in the card are going to be five round affairs. They're part of that Grand Prix tournament. So over three and a half rounds, and then Shabby by decision. Now, decision for Shabby is plus 225. The over three and a half, is that out here yet? Yeah, it is. That's minus 115. Love that spot. Fight going to decision, plus 170. Save yourself the headache. Put your money on the fight going to decision at plus 170 in a fight where you got two guys, 155 pounds. This is, think about the weight. I weighed 155 when I was in like ninth, 10th grade. So you're talking about these guys are very athletic, agile, good power, good athletic ability, but they're not necessarily knocking you out with one punch. And they've both shown good signs of durability. So all that said, a bit long-winded. We're going with Alexander Shabby to win the fight by decision. That's plus 25. Let's keep it moving. All right, boys and girls. Main event for Bellator 292. Usman Nurmagomedov, who's the huge favorite here, sitting around minus 1,600, versus Benson Henderson, who's quite a big dog here at plus 850. Before we dive into the breakdown, I want to make sure I get it out of the way here. I'm wearing sunglasses not because I'm trying to be cool. I'm wearing sunglasses because... The lights, the screens, even the lights here in the studio, the last few days we've been doing so much recording and it's just fatigued the hell out of my eyes and I just cannot take the brightness. So I went with these shades. Hopefully they don't bother you too much, but at least my vocals will be still the same vocals. Anyway, before we dive into this breakdown, it's not going to be too deep, pretty basic. We like Usman to win the fight by decision. That's at plus 160. That's one way to beat that minus 1600. Can he finish the fight? Yes is five rounds there's some dynamics that would lean towards his side but there's some things that we want to make sure we carve out for you not to mention the fact that benson henderson is a veteran who is very durable all right so for usman has a wide range of kicks don't fall into the trap of thinking he's like khabib not all of the guys who have the Nurmagomedov last name or who are from dagestan fight that way I would even tell you that he's more of the 2.0 Dagestani fighter. He's evolving. He's got good striking, like the Saeed Nurmagomedovs, like the uh, Umar Nurmagomedovs. These guys have developed leg kicks, other forms of combat. They're not just grappling-based or wrestling-based fighters. And in the case of Usman, he falls into that bracket of the guy who's evolved. He's taken that ground game, evolved to a stand-up game, kind of like, I guess, like... The idea of evolution, right? Caveman, monkeys, and standing upright, whatever. Anyway, the ceiling for Usman is very high. I would imagine at some point in your future, he's going to be contending for a title and probably becoming the champion here in Bellator because he's nasty. He's amazing. He's every bit of what his record shows. And quite frankly, this is a good fight for him. But he's probably going to win the fight. Benson Henderson in his prime, 
may have been obviously a better opponent, but Henderson, Henderson now is getting a little bit older. Tough of matchup for him. So for Henderson, very well respected. He's fought a laundry list of well-known fighters. He's fought the guys like Jorge Masvidal and Donald Cerrone and Anthony Pettis, and he fought some of those guys like years ago when they were very good. In the case of Jorge Masvidal, it was probably before his moment, but you get the case. Like Anthony Pettis, he fought him, I believe, twice. Anyway, Henderson doesn't look a day over 40. He looks very young. He looks like he's like a late 20-year-old. He's quite spry. His eyes are a little bit buggy, and maybe he is showing some signs of I don't want to say it, but some kind of slowing down per se, even his interviews, he slurs words and seems to be like a guy who's taken a lot of hits and he has been in some wars. He doesn't cut easily. He wears damage. Well, he could take a punch. He has tr struggled though a bit the past few years. He's three and three in his last six fights. And to be quite honest with you, I believe he lost the fight against Mamadoff. Now that was back in Arizona and he's from Arizona and he brought his kids into the octagon and he played the crowd. Smart. That was a smart move. Anyway, the point is he got that win, a win that maybe he shouldn't have gotten. So he could very well be two and four coming into this fight in his last six fights, but he is either way three and three. That's not a good number to have, especially for a guy when you look at him 30 and 11 overall has had a pretty good winning percentage over the course of his career. Now for Henderson, he's been very durable throughout his entire career. He was submitted once by Anthony Pettis, but that was years ago and knocked out once by Chandler. And that was in 2020, about three years ago. So has been very durable and seems like a guy who I think can get through this fight. Usman has good knockout power with his legs and can throw some violent kicks. But, you know, I don't think of Usman as a guy who's got a very high finish rate or hits with a ton of power, right? So five rounds, though, is a long time. That's the one, see, that's the bit of concern. Now, if you're looking at Usman to win the fight, it becomes like a round four, round five thing where he eventually catches Benson at some point. We like him to win the fight by decision, but we get those out there who are like, listen, he can finish the fight. Benson's getting older. We get it. But Benson, man, he is a bit of a bull. He can get sloppy at times, Benson, that is. He can show signs of fatigue. He'll he'll look like a zombie. He'll look like he's about to go out, but he has a way of kicking into another gear. And I think even now, at his age, at the ripe old age of 39, I think he has enough to at least make it the full distance and give Usman a good fight, force Usman to dig deeper, have it be a fight that Usman could look back on and say, you know what, I learned a few things here. I got better than that fight. So all that said here, the betting spots you like the most of this fight are the fight going over two and a half rounds and then Usman by decision. For those props, I don't believe they're out quite yet. Maybe Usman by decision's out, but I'd have to look it up here. Give me a second. Uh, Nurmagomedov, Usman by decision is plus 160. Okay, and then the over three and a half rounds. Did I say over two and a half? If I said over two and a half, I apologize. Over three and a half rounds. That's not out yet, or maybe it's dropping right now, but that would be the range I would look at because, again, Benson Henderson, for all of the issues with age and slowing down and huge underdog, he's still a guy who can stand and crack with you. He's still a veteran. He still has some level of fighter IQ. And for Usman... He'll do work at a distance. He's not going to like bow nickel you, right? He's going to go out there, wrestle down Benson and submit Benson in like a minute. He doesn't have that as part of his arsenal. He's a pepper you from the outside, kick you, set you up, and then build it up over the course of round two, round three, round four, round five. That's the way he'll eat up at you. That's the way he'll beat you. But Benson, man, veteran, I think he's got enough to at least go the full distance, but we do like Usman when the winning fight, and again, by decision at plus 150, plus 160 range, that's much better than at minus 2,500 price tag, please, <clears throat> please do yourself a favor, do not, absolutely do not put this into your parlay, 
there is I mean, if you put it into your parlay right and then you remove it your parlay odds might actually increase that's how ridiculous this is like minus 1600 to minus 2500 on some books yeah not lined and it's not lined correctly to, to, to tell you the truth because you know what it's still a fight meaning that an injury can happen you know anything's possible benson is not a terrible fighter it's actually pretty disrespectful. It makes me think, you know, maybe you should just sprinkle Benson outright at plus 850, like a $12, $13 bet would yield you a $100 winner. So anyway, that's that. That's our take there on the main event. Let's move on. All right. So let me wrap things up for you guys here. Just a summary of our picks. We didn't do all the fights in the card. We talked about a few fights. We talked about the main card in its entirety, but the prelim card, just a few fights. So in the prelim card, we covered this Barsola, Hill, Khalid, Marcelayev, and Liard Anderson. Those fights are the ones we have marked for us as good parlay pieces. Now, don't overdo it. Like, don't parlay them everywhere, but like put Josh Hill somewhere, put Khalid somewhere, put Leard Anderson somewhere, and then put Enrique Marzola. Those guys all should win. They're priced accordingly that they should win. We all know about mixed martial arts. You know, like Shevchenko should have won last weekend too, but it didn't happen. But I would say mix and match. We like those spots. We went over the details with you guys about why I like those spots. But those spots will be some spots we'll be playing this weekend. Now, for the full tip sheet on where we're going to play them, make sure, look down below here on YouTube. There's a link down below for our Substack newsletter. Our full tip sheets for all cards we cover are there. They're also available on our, on our Google Drive. That's free. Look down below. We don't charge anything for that. But for our full tip sheets, those are available via our newsletter and Google Drive. Okay, main event. Michael Page to win by decision. Valentin Moldowski by decision, Alexander Shabley by decision, and Usman Nurmagomedov by decision. So we're predicting all four fights in the main card all go the full distance. I know it's not exciting from a entertainment standpoint, but a lot of closely matched fights, a lot of fighters who tend to go to decision. Like, for example, heavyweight bout, Valentin Moldowski versus Lyndon Vassell. These guys go to decision. This is how they operate. So that's our breakdown, guys, for Bellator 292. We apologize we couldn't do a full card for you. But this week's been tough, man. We had PFL this week. We had UFC. Then sweeps between UFC 285 and 86 and so on and so on. So we apologize not to mention a few interviews. But thank you for being here. We appreciate your uh, patronage, being coming by, watching our videos, your comments, your suggestions. All of it's appreciated. So thank you for stopping by. Good luck on this card. And again, if you want our full tip sheet for this card, our bets for this card, please subscribe to our newsletter. That's free. There's no fee with that. There's no levels or you're paying. It's totally free. The link's down below. Or if you follow our link down below for our Google Drive, our tip sheet will be available on our Google Drive in a folder that'll be titled Bellator 292. You'll see the folder there. Open the folder. There'll be a Excel sheet, which has a bunch of data in it, has film links, prior, prior films of both fighters, uh, some breakdown notes, so on and so on. And also it'll have in there a, uh, a, Word, a Word document where you can open it up also downloaded our full tip sheet for all the bets that we'll be placing for Bell 2022. So that's our breakdown, guys. Whew. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Deuces.